he said to speak about the fact that God gives us beauty for ashes. He gives us beauty for ashes. So he specifically pretty much just sent me to encourage you today. Today's going to be an encouraging day. Um, Because even as believers, right, we can become weary. We can become heavy laden. Okay, now this is not a down message. This is an up message. But the reality of it is, is that even as believers, we can become discouraged. We can look around us at the chaos going on. We can look around us at turmoil that's happening. We can look around us at strife that's occurring. And we can become discouraged. We Instead of looking above the chaos, sometimes, even strong believers, sometimes allow their eyes to shift into the wrong place, right? Allow their eyes to shift into the issues instead of keeping our eyes focused on Jesus. See, we always want to keep our eyes focused on Jesus because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he, he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always right there to help us. So the Lord told me to entitle today's message, I will help you. I will help you. So we can go through personal, th- does anyone ever go through personal trials? Yeah, you can go through some personal trials. You can go through some very hurtful situations. Um, you can have certain expectations in life that maybe don't turn out the way that you thought they should or the way you thought that they would. Um, We can suffer attacks of the enemy. Does the enemy want to attack you and discourage you in your walk with the Lord? Yes. He's always wanting to attack you. So we suffer sometimes attacks like sickness or, or lack in certain situations. And We suffer from mistakes. Has anyone in here ever made a mistake? Yeah, I make mistakes all the time. And and we can suffer from those mistakes, can't we? We can suffer from sins that we do, right? But hallelujah, we have a redeemer. We have a lover. We have the lover of our souls. We have a merciful, kind, and forgiving God. And um, sometimes we just feel as those burdens that they, they seem heavy, they seem hard, they seem hard to bear. And the reason they're hard to bear is because you were never meant to bear them. You know, you have a, you have a, a Lord, a Savior, Savior. That, that word means something, Savior, someone who will lift your burden. So today we're going to take heart because I'm here to basically remind you that you have a burden bearer. You have a destroyer of yokes. You have a yoke lifter in your life. You have someone who is closer to you than a brother. You just need, we just need to press in and allow him to love us in the way that he wants to love us. Um, we have a helper, we have a defender, a protector, a comforter. And so God in his word says, I will help you. I will help you. Thank you, Lord. I need all the help I can get, your help. So he came to love us. 
the most important thing about coming to this church <laughs> is you will know the love of God. You will learn the love of God. Not as the world gives love, but you will understand. If you stay here long enough, you will truly understand the love of God. Because Jesus loves you, he came to redeem you from every difficult situation that you've ever been in or that you're ever going to encounter. He has come to comfort you and restore. The scripture says that he will restore the things that have been lost. So you don't need to live in the regret of things that have been lost because he is the restorer and he knows how to restore mightily, magnificently, beautifully, wonderfully. He knows how to turn every ash into beauty in your life. And we just need to get to know him and trust him because he will lift you up and he makes everything whole again. I mean everything. His peace, he gives us his peace, he gives us his presence. You get to walk in the presence of Jesus. You, you just get to know him. You, will, you get to walk in his presence every day. You get to know the presence of Jesus, the sweet presence. And, and he turns all the ugliness in the world into beauty, right? Hallelujah. So he makes his favor to shine on you. His favor, the scripture tells us his favor is round about us like a shield, a protecting shield, his favor for his beloved. So he has come to restore hope. So the first scripture that he told me to look at today, and I, I really want you to listen. Please listen to this scripture. You, you probably have all read this scripture a million times. Please listen to the heart of God for you. Please listen to the beauty, the beauty that he has for you. Because everything he names in this scripture is beauty and splendor that he has for you in your life, okay? This is what Jesus was sent to do for you. Isaiah 61, one through three. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me, okay, this is Jesus, to preach, prophesying of Jesus, right? Good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, okay? These are all blessings of the Lord. Bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them, listen, listen to the beauty he has, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy, amen. The oil of joy, some scripture readings say gladness instead of mourning. And the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Praise, praise is a mighty weapon. Praise will tear down strongholds in your life. Praise will put the enemy on the run. Praise will destroy embattlements against you. Because when you praise the Lord, when you praise, that's why we sp spend time just praising God and worshiping God. Because when you're praising God, 
It chases all those dark clouds out. It makes room for the peace of God in your life. Okay? And when you're praising God, you can't be focusing on everything that's wrong. When you're praising, you're focusing on, on just the beauty of the Lord, his majesty and mightiness. They will be called oaks of righteousness. That's your destiny right there in Christ. You are an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Listen, for the display of his splendor. You need to own that. We all need to own that. You are a display of the Lord's splendor. That's his destiny for you. Hallelujah. So, no matter what it appears like in your life, he has splendor displayed through you. That's his intention. So, we're going to talk about some of the ways, um, the how to embrace this, okay? Um, Because... First of all, what we're going to talk about is he wants you to let go of your past, right? Well, when I say let go of your past, you know, typically people understand that to mean regrets or, you know, things in your past that that bother you or that you're upset over. Um, So he wants you to let go of your past. He doesn't want you looking back. God does not look back. He looks forward. And he wants you looking forward unto him for the good plans and purposes that he has for you. So he wants, he wants us to let go. And so when the, when the devil tries to bring, bring uh, regret into your life, uh, have you focus on your inadequacies or faults or failures, can I tell you something? God does not see you as a failure. You might categorize things that you've gone through as failures, and that, that thing may not have worked out, but God never sees you as a failure, ever ever. You're his precious child. Isaiah 43, 18. Listen. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Every day, God is doing a new thing for you, for me. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? See, he wants us to perceive the new things that he's doing for us. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Okay, what does the scripture say? It says that we will have rivers of living water ushering forth from our bellies. Okay? So we look at the new thing. We don't look at spilt milk. We don't cry over spilt milk, so to speak, right? He doesn't have spilt milk. He doesn't look at the spill. What does he look at? He looks at the splendor. He doesn't look at the spill. He looks at the splendor of you. The splendor of you. That's what he looks at. So there's hope. There's, there's newness every day in our Lord, in, in our lives. He has something new. Whether that's new dreams, new plans, new visions, new life, new relationships, whatever it is. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Okay, now that's every area of life. Don't think of that. It includes your finances, but don't think of it just that way, okay? He intends to prosper you in every area of your life. And not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
then you will call upon me and come and pray. Is prayer important? Yes. Come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You have a God who's a listener. Do you know it's important to be a listener when we pray? It's important for us to listen too. We have to be good listeners. I will listen to you. You will seek me. So we've already had several clues. We've got praise. We've got prayer. We've got seek him. We've got listening. (laughs) You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. That is an emphatic. That is an emphatic declaration, an emphatic declaration. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. So, whatever has held you captive to this point, you have a deliverer. You have someone who, is br- who will bring you out of that. He already died <laughs> to win on your behalf. So he brings you out of whatever that captivity is, because it is no match for our Lord Jesus. Absolutely no match for our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I will bring you back from captivity. Jesus has, rest- has, has totally destroyed the ability of the enemy to keep you captive. He has come to set you free. Hallelujah. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this, that he... God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Fear not, beloved. He will carry the good work that he has begun in you. Your loved ones have confidence. Your loved ones. He will complete the good work that he started. You stand on that word. If you see trouble in your family, you stand on that word. Don't let go of that word. God has new and great plans for you. God has great plans for your children. So, he will show us. All all we have to do is what? We just talk to him. You know, you can just talk to God like I'm talking to you right now. Like your best friend. He's your best friend. You, you can just talk to him. You can be totally real with God. God wants you to be real with him. You know? Sometimes I think in, the, in certain movements, you know, we're sort of instructed not to be real with God, not to talk to him about our problems. Now, we don't want to make our problems bigger than him, bigger than he. <laughs> but it's okay to pour your heart out to him because he'll never let you stay there. He will take you from victory to victory, glory to glory. You're not going to stay there long. (laughs) But it's okay to be real with God. So, we need to let go of the past, and we, we need to walk in the new thing that God has for us. Now, part of that is letting go. Remember I mentioned sins a little bit ago? Okay? We need to let go of our sins. Okay? Well, how do you do that? Well, the law was a really good thing because it's what made people realize what sin was, right? If you don't know what sin is, it's kind of hard to know that you're sinning. You know, because 
we can be blinded. Not, not anyone in here, not me, okay? Because you're walking in the newness of Christ, but people can be blinded, okay? So the law was there to let people know, okay, well, that's a thing that you shouldn't, you know, that's kind of not a good thing. God doesn't approve of that. That's going to take you away from God instead of getting you toward God, okay? And it made us aware of the fact that we need to, and we get to, repent. See? When we repent, we, we, a newness comes into our lives, and we get to have the mercy and the grace of God fill all that old junk that we're getting rid of when we're repenting. Okay, so repentance is this beautiful, wonderful thing. It allows us to get all the muck and the uck out, and it allows the peace and the comfort and the love and the presence to really be truly revealed to our hearts. All right? So, it, it certainly includes repentance, and it, 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 it includes us then committing ourselves to agreeing to do things how God wants them done. Believe me, you're going to have so much more peace and pleasure in your life, in my life, when we do things the way God instructs us to have them done. So it means that. It means committing ourselves to agreeing with the Lord. But this also includes you forgiving yourself, Okay? Because the minute you talk to God about it, he's already forgiven you. And then there's this big lag where we want to like lash ourselves over our heads or do whatever, constantly bringing it back up. Okay? He, he doesn't want you there. God doesn't want you there. As much as he forgives you, he wants you to forgive yourself because he's already washed you clean. He already sees you through, if you're a born-again believer, he already sees you through Jesus. Okay, so we need to forget our, forgive ourselves and accept that God has actually taken away the shame. He has actually taken away the guilt. He has actually taken away the reproach in your life. He doesn't see you as an ugly sinner. He sees you as a beloved child. All right, so we have to, in our own hearts, and in our own minds, do the same thing that God has already gifted us with. That loving forgiveness and kindness and mercy. And release ourselves and allow God's love to come and heal us. God's love is a healing balm. There is a balm in Gilead. Right? So, we must understand seek to truly get a hold of the compassion of God for us. God has compassion for you. He has compassion for you. There's no, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's, that, he means that when he says that. He means that to you. He means that. His love is bigger, bigger, way bigger, way bigger, so much bigger than you've ever set your sights on to this point in your life. His love is so much bigger than any shame, any regret, any sin. You see that? So much bigger. Anything that we've laid before him it, it, it can no longer have a hold on us. His love is so much bigger. 
Okay, Isaiah 43, verse 25. Listen, listen. I, even I, am he who blots out. It doesn't say covers over so that it can, like, come up another time or show through. It doesn't say that. It says blots out, blots out your transgressions. Listen to this, for my own sake, for his sake. He's blotting your transgressions out and remembers your sin no more. He doesn't remember it anymore. You know, you find that hard to believe because you, we, as people, find that hard to do. But he wants us to walk in that same measure where we forget our sins. Review the past. Listen, I love, 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 love this verse. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. Listen, this is, this is the part I love. State the case for your innocence. He is telling you, <coughs> come and talk to me about your innocence in the blood of Jesus, like, like, the, like the pure blood, the, 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 the spotless lamb, because of the blood that was shed. He is saying, come and talk to me about the fact that you are innocent. He's not even saying, come and talk to me about your guilt. Come and talk to me about your shame. Come and talk to me about your sin. Can't we all agree with Paul and walk the same way that says, I've wronged no man because I've allowed it to be covered by Jesus? See, he wants us to get to that place because it's already been provided for you. It's already the status that he's given you. You see that? So he says, come and talk to me about your innocence. So declare your innocence, not your guilt. Declare your innocence to the Lord. Meditate. And, and here's, I believe, the key to that is meditating on how gloriously he has redeemed you. Meditate on what that redemption really is. Meditate on the redemption of Jesus. Meditate on the fact that he went to the cross, he went to hell, he destroyed it all, and he rose in victory and has you redeemed into his same place in glory. That's the position he has for you. So we need to meditate on understand that redemption. So yes, we bring our sins, we ask forgiveness, and then we believe that he gives forgiveness because he does. And then we turn in the new direction that he has for us, right? Because in Jesus, he sees you through the blood, he has already declared you innocent, and he wants you to see yourself as innocent, white as snow, white as snow. That's a good song, isn't it? Oh, the blood of Jesus. White as snow. Okay. Isaiah 44, verse 22 and 23. Listen. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. Isn't that a beautiful thought? I have swept away 
your offenses like a cloud. Okay, let's think about that. Do you ever just sit and watch the clouds and, and, and you just know that there's this breeze going because they're, they're, they're being blown and you see them all just being blown and before you know it, like they disappear. <laughs> Don't you think that's a lovely picture of what God is doing in your life? It's the breath of God. It's the breath of God. He breathes his very breath into you. I'm talking about in real life. I'm, this is not, now this is not a picture. This is a reality of what happens when you come to Jesus. He breathes his very breath of life into you. <coughs> and it chases out the clouds. It chases out the shame. It brings life. Life more abundantly. It chases out those regrets. He gives you an, a new capacity. His breath is a newness in your very life, in the life of God in you. Okay, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. <laughs> your sins, like the morning mist, return to me, for I have redeemed you. You don't have to look away in shame anymore. You can come face on. To your Jesus. He's saying return to me. He's taken the reproach away. For I have redeemed you. Sing for joy. So in other words, walk in the joy that this has provided for you. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth beneath, burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all you trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. I receive that for me. I receive that for you. If the mountains can sing and rejoice, certainly you can. <laughs> So he says, return to me. Do not, do not uh, cling to the old. Cling to me. Follow me. So it, and it means in our hearts, listen to what this, this means also. It means that in our hearts, we have to return to the knowledge. Okay, not only are you returning to him, yes, like, you know, turning back to him, but it, it's a heart thing. You return to him in your hearts to understand what he has truly done. Okay? A, 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 um, divine revelation of what he has truly done for us. So, we need to understand how much he understands us. We need to understand how much he loves us and what it means, what redemption truly means that his redemption is truly complete. It is truly complete in our lives. He doesn't see us. He does not see you as an unredeemed sinner. You know, when you come to Jesus, you'll never be called a sinner again. That, that has to totally leave your vocabulary. And if you think I'm wrong about that, because too many people think that, oh, I'm crucified with Christ or whatever, and i got to see myself as unworthy, and i got to understand that I'm a sinner. Well, you were a sinner. You do continue sometimes to sin, 
But because you're in Christ, you are no longer defined as a sinner. Find one place in the scripture where a redeemed person is being spoken of, you will never see the term sinner applied to that person. You will see beloved, you will see saint. That's what you'll see. So God is a God of restoration. He is a God of renewal. He is a God who redefines you. He is, you get to say, I am the redeemed of the Lord. Say that. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the redeemed. He restores the lost things. Whatever you feel has been lost, that's not where he intends to leave you. Lost is not in his vocabulary. <laughs> lost is, is not acceptable to the Lord. It's never, it's never what he made for you. His glory, his restoration, his fullness. Does it say in the scripture that we get to walk in the fullness of Christ? Yes, that's what it says. There's nothing lost in Christ, nothing. So next, we can bring, thirdly, we need to bring our broken hearts to him. I know there are situations in people's lives where their hearts are being broken. Your, your heart feels broken for somebody, something or, or someone. And you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've done what you're supposed to do, <laughs> Right? And, and there are parts in our lives when we do feel that. We feel brokenness. And he wants us to bring that brokenness to him. He wants us to bring our anxieties. He wants us to bring our fears. Oh, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and it hasn't changed. Yes, it has. It has. Every prayer you have uttered has made a change. Whether you see it yet or not. Never give up. Never quit. Jesus has never quit on us. Psalm, or Isaiah 42.3, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will, not step, step, he will not snuff out. Okay, do you ever feel in life like you're just gasping for air? Think of a smoldering wick. What, what's lacking? Oxygen. Oxygen's lacking. It's starting to smolder. So do you ever feel like you just can barely breathe and and you're just keeping your head above water? <laughs> well, if you ever feel like that, here's your scripture. He's not going to snuff you out. He's going to bring new life. He's not a, a bruised reed. When you feel bruised, he's not going to break you. He's going to heal you. He's going to help you. He's going to bring new life, new fire by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and breathe new, new life and new fire in you. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So when we cast an anxiety, we're getting rid of that anxiety. We're laying that anxiety at the cross. And when we take that anxiety and we pluck it out and we put it at the cross, it makes room for the peace of God. It makes room for the comfort of God, right? So when we actually, truthfully, when we hang on to our pain, when we hang on to worry, what is that? It's idolatry. Hanging on to a pain or a worry or, or a grief is idolatry. Why is it idolatry? Because it's making that problem bigger than your God. That's why it's idolatry. 
it's making that issue more powerful than what Christ already did for you. It's making that hurt bigger than his provision for you in your life, than, than what he is in your life. Um, so we, ha- we have to take no idols above him, okay? And I know we don't think of pain as an idol. It's not the actual pain, it's how we treat the pain, okay, or the worry or the anxiety or whatever it is. So we cannot allow our problems to be bigger than God because that's the devil telling you that your problem is bigger than God because that's, that's a lie. That's an absolute lie. So when we hyper-focus like on our sins or the things that we've done wrong or when our, our mistakes or if we hyper-focus on our problems or if we hyper-focus on our disappointments, we are making idols. And what we really need to do is allow the love of God to come in and wash over that thing and heal us. Because healing is always, every single time, what he has for you. Every, did I say every? Did I say every? Okay, I thought I did. <laughs> I thought I said every. So we need to allow him to be Lord because he cares. He cares for you more than you care about yourself. He cares for you more than, than you care about anything. Okay? And he will give you, when we allow him to come in and wash over us, he will give us divine ideas. He will give us new relationships. He will, he will give us open doors. Well, he always has open doors. But our eyes will start seeing them. Right? Okay. So, God is big, bigger than every problem, every obstacle, every disappointment, every difficulty that we try to carry on our own because we're not intended to carry it in our weakness, right? Admit your weakness. Just go right ahead and do that because you aren't God, okay? But when you humble yourselves, when I humble myself and allow him to take that weakness and to say, you know what, God, I cannot do this. He's like, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that you have said that to me. That just makes me so happy (laughs) because it allows his flood of strength to carry you. Have you ever thought about when you were a baby and and you just like got carried? How wonderful that felt? Just just the, like you're in your daddy's arms and you just like, (sighs) have you ever, have you ever thought about that? Well, think about it. (laughs) Think about it right now. Okay, think about it. We had one of our kids, the youngest. (laughs) She always wanted to be held. Always, always. Like even until she was like three and four. And I think about that and I think, why? Why did she always want to be held? Because that's such a safe place. It's such a comforting place. So just think about like God like holding you and you're just going like this and you're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't, I don't have to worry about anything. I'm just like carried. I'm taken care of. I'm provided for. Hallelujah. That's an awesome, awesome, awesome place to be. 1 John 4.18. Okay, so we're, we're, we're going to let go of our regrets. We're going to let go of our fears, our anxieties, the things that try to hold us back. 1 John 4.18. Listen. There is no fear in love. See that? 
That's that baby being held. There's no fear there. They're just held in the arms of love. But perfect love, that's God's love for you, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. I was raised in a particular religion where punishment was really, 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 really strongly enforced. (laughs) I am so happy I got away from that mentality because (laughs) my God (laughs) in this dispensation (laughs) tells me that I'm not appointed to wrath. It is not God's heart to punish you. It is his heart to love you. Okay? So fear has to do with punishment. Well, my scripture says that God rewards those who trust him. So all he wants me to do is trust him. So when I trust him, I'm going to have a reward. I'm not going to have someone hitting me over the head with every wrong thing that I've ever done. Punishment is not my end. Okay? That's not my end. So... The one who fears, listen to this, is not made perfect in love. It is so clear here that God wants us to understand how much he loves us. He wants us to understand how much he loves us. His heart for you is not punishment. His heart is love. It is love. Um, We are not appointed to wrath. He is our burden bearer. He is our yoke destroyer. And he wants us to allow him into our pain, not so that he can punish, but so he can restore. So that he can restore. So we get to talk to him from our heart. We get to talk to the Lord from our hearts. And guess what? You know what? He's going to meet you there every single time. He will meet you at your heart's need every time. He will not disappoint you ever. So we need to get a hold of his true heart and the fact that he has a crown of beauty for us. He has splendor for us. And we must count him as faithful. He is a faithful God. He is faithful. Don't you think it's amazing that what God counts as faithful is just the fact that you'll trust him? He counts that as faith. I mean, how many people in your life do you know that are that benevolent? and that they would only ever do you good so you can trust them with all your heart and they count you as the most faithful friend that they've ever had just because you trust them to be nice and kind and and loving. I mean, what a heart that God has for us. Psalm 18, 25. To the faithful you show yourself faithful. See that? When you trust in him, he will show himself faithful to you. Psalm 18, I'm going to read verse 6, and then I'm going to read 16 through 19. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. He is always listening to you. He's always listening You will never find a moment in time where he isn't saying to you, just come talk to me. You'll never find a moment in time where he is not listening to you, ever, ever. 
verse 16, he reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. Has fear ever been your foe? Has regret ever been your foe? Has disappointment ever been your foe? Has discouragement ever been your foe? You have a rescuer. Hallelujah. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Beloved, he delights in you. He delights in you. He delights in me. He has a spacious place. What do you think about when you, okay, when you think of just a spacious place? There are no entanglements there. He brings you into that place where the entanglements of the enemy have been defeated. Just picture yourself in a spa- your favorite spacious place. Mine would be the mountains. Some would be the ocean. Some would be a big meadow, whatever. Just picture yourself in that spacious place. As far as your eye can see, there's nothing to snare you or entangle you. There are no enemies. There's nothing coming trying to encroach upon your space. You're just standing in the middle of the love of God. Can you just for a moment see yourself standing in the middle of the love of God? And that's all there is all around you? Back to earth. (laughs) Uh, It's hard to stay on earth (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) So we have to just trust God, really. We just have to trust God. Just trust in whatever it is that's hurting you today. (laughs) Things that may not have turned out the way you think they should or would or your fears or your discouragements or whatever. His heart is for you, beloved. Isaiah 41.10. Listen, so do not fear, for I am with you. (laughs) Thank you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. For I am the Lord, your God, your God, if you're a believer in Jesus, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. I will help you. So beloved, have I made the point that you can trust God? Yeah. So we must actually trust him to want to help us. You see that? You have to trust him to want to help you, to know his heart is to help you. He created, he created you. 
He created you and he wants to help you. He never, ever wearies. He never slumbers or sleeps. He never wearies of helping you. Have you had people in your life and you, you ask them for help and then all of a sudden you get like to this little bit of a limit maybe, like a, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've asked for a little bit too much help. I probably shouldn't ask for any more. Have you ever been there with someone? You know, because you don't want to be in imposition, you know? Well, <laughs> your God will never feel that way about you, ever. You're never in imposition. He just wants to help. He wants to help. He never wearies. And he's always trying to reach you with that pure love that he has for you so that he can just bestow his splendor and beauty on you. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present. Did I say ever-present? Oh, good. Um, Isaiah 41, we already went over that. I will help you. Another thing we need to understand, you know, we know he loves us, but there's, a, there's another element, and it's called compassion. Well, it's, compassion comes from the love of God, but compassion is a little bit different, you know, because we can say, have you ever had someone, and you know they love you, they, you, know, you know that they love you, but then there are certain things that you do, and you wonder if they're understanding of that, like you wonder if, if, if they're compassionate about that. You, you know, that's kind of a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. So we have to understand that not only that his love is compassionate, that he has compassion. Yes, he loves us purely, unconditionally, uh, you know, without, no, no, what is that saying? No holds barred or something like that. Does anyone know that saying? Okay. Well, anyway, but he has compassion. Lament Lamentations 3.22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. His compassions never fail. His understanding. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I, li I like this one in the ESV. It says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Say that. You, Lord, or are my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. I will hope in him. He knows you better than you know you, you yourself. You know, he, he made you. Is every person in this room different? Okay, did God want to make you that way? Did God want to make you different than your neighbor? Yeah, he wanted to make you different because he needed what you have to offer. He picked you specially, created you. And he said, I'm going to put this characteristic in that person because I need it on the earth. So when you recognize where you're different from another person, rejoice in that difference. Oh my gosh, I have people tell me all the time, you know what, you're just different. And they say it very critically. And I'm like, you know what, yeah, I know, I am. I am like way different. I am way different than anybody I know. <sighs> and you are way different than anybody I know. <laughs> so let's rejoice in our way differentness. Because every quality that you had, he has a reason for it. Now, what's the key to that? 
okay? Like when, when our kids were little, I don't know why, but every single person in our family has a really strong will. <laughs> I really don't know where they get it, but, <laughs> but <laughs> like when the first one was born, you know, that person had such a strong will. It was like unbelievable from birth, from the minute they were born. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want us to do with this? And he said, turn that to me. That's what he said. He said, I gave her that will. Your job is to turn it to me. Okay? So he made you with that strong will. He made you with that compliant attitude. He made you with that. I'm thinking differently than other people. He made you with your emotional makeup. He made you with the way that you think. He wanted it for a reason. The only key is to turn it to him. Away from him, it's going to bring destruction and upset and all these other yucky things. But toward him, it's going to bring beauty. See that? Toward him, toward him, everything about you brings him beauty, splendor. From glory to glory, he's going to take you when it gets submitted to him. When your character, everything about it gets submitted to him. And I have no idea where I was. So I think I was reading the scripture. Is that what I was doing? Oh, okay. Thanks. Thank you over here. <laughs> Keep me on track. <laughs> so my point in all that was, is he understands you. Like he truly understands you. So you can talk to him about you. You can talk to him about anything. He made you that way, and he understands you. So this one particular scripture that I'm about to read to you, it is, yes, about the fact that he divinely understands everything more than we do in its divine presentation, but it's also about the fact that he understands us and where we are and our capacities. Okay, listen. Isaiah 40. And it's a compassionate understanding. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So when people don't understand you, God does. So that, yes, is his divine understanding of everything in the universe, yes. But it is his personal understanding of you. His understanding no one can fathom. Other people will walk away and say, I don't even want to try. Like, just, just go your way. I'm, I'm out of here. See, he never does that. He understands you. And he loves you. And he celebrates you. He celebrates you. Okay. He will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's what he has for you, beloved. He's your ever support. He's your ever help. So if you feel at any time like you're at a crossroads or if you feel like you're moving perhaps he's 
leading you in a new direction and you need help, he will show you. He will strengthen you. He will renew you. He gives you beauty for ashes. Isaiah 54, 1. This is what the Lord says to his anointed. Okay, who are the anointed of the Lord? Yeah. Any believer in Christ, from the very moment, from the first millisecond that you believe in Christ. Like that. Flash. Flash of light. Blink an eye. Okay. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. You need to own that in your life. For every situation. To open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains any difficulty. I will break down gates of bronze, any barrier, and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places. He has things stored in secret places to reveal to you. He's not keeping secrets from you. He has revelation. When there's darkness, he has light. He has wisdom, he has understanding, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. God knows your name. He's got your number. He's got your ticket. He knows you who you are. He is not overlooking you. Isaiah 42, 16. Listen, I will lead the blind. I once was blind, but now I see. You don't have to be blind anymore. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. He's going to reveal new things to you. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. Do you feel like you're on shaky ground? Do you feel like you're in unfamiliar waters? He's going to guide you. He's going to lead you. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. He says that He'll, he'll set you on a path so that your ankles will not falter. He will make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. I will not forsake them. He is always turning on the light switches for you. He is always smoothing your path before you so that you can walk in his perfect will. Whether you turn to the... Oh, sorry, Isaiah 30. This is also... I must say this scripture like all the time. I say this scripture all the time. You should confess this scripture all the time over yourself. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So you see, I, have, I need a person. So see, like, I, have a, I need a person. I need a person. Thank you. So like, okay, this is a person here, and I'm God. <laughs> and, and so I'm going, hey, Scott, turn to the right. Oh, good job. You did just what I said. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking. Okay, stop. Okay, turn to the left, Scott. Now turn left again. Now just keep going. Keep going. You are doing so great. Stop. 
Okay? See, that's what God's doing for us. See? It's awesome. So, <laughs> so beloved, and just to kind of recap, we need to let go of the past. We need to let go of the fears, the anxieties. We need to let go of this idea that we're failures or that we failed. He doesn't ever see you that way. When we have issues, we just repent. This beautiful word called repentance. We get to lay it down at the cross and understand that he has loved us always, and we repent, and we then go his, his direction. His, we do his will. We turn from that way, and we go his way. And he rejoices over us for that. Okay? So we, we repent, and then we forgive ourselves. We forgive others for what they've done to us. We forgive ourselves. We walk in the redemption. We understand redemption. What is the redemption that has truly been given to us? And, and we own it, and we say, thank you, Lord. I know I couldn't have ever earned this on my own, but you gave it freely. You've restored me. You restore the lost things. That's your heart for me. So I can depend on you. you we trust him. We understand that he's faithful, and all he wants us to do is to trust him. And he's faithful. He's faithful. We serve a faithful God. And then what do we do? We take joy in him. We take joy. Even if things right at the very moment didn't maybe change immediately, we take joy in what he's doing and who he is in our lives. And that's where we walk. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Because everything down here is temporal and has to change. It has to. It cannot stand in the face of God if it is against his will, okay? If it's against his plan for your life. So we, we, we praise him, we pray, we seek him, we worship him, and then we walk, rejoice in the Lord. Then we, the scripture says, rejoice in the Lord and in the power of his might, okay? So that's what I feel like the Lord wanted me to share with you today. And so I hope that was a blessing to you. We're going to have communion. We have, we have open communion for any believer in Christ. If there is anyone in this church now that is not a believer in Christ and would like to be a believer in Christ, please raise your hand and I, I, will, I will pray with you if you don't know Jesus. Okay. So... Open 